how do you think we should start this today? I don't know. Maybe we should say something like "Welcome to In the Club" in a really cool way. None better, like some explosions or like a fanfare or just sort of standard. What about if you made me in a robotic voice? Okay, well, well that's a good idea, right? Okay, so let's have you saying um, "Welcome to In the Club." Welcome to In the Club. Okay, and in post, I'll have already put a robot voice on that. Okay, great. So that'll sound good, and then I'll do it and put a robot voice on me. You okay. ready? Welcome to In the Club. been another exciting few weeks here at Class for Kids. We've been at events. Yeah, we've been on the road, we've been to Nottingham, we've been to Gym Fest in Aberdeen along with uh, Scottish Gymnastics. We've also had our term day out because every four months here at Class for Kids we celebrate by doing something quite unique. Sometimes it's a party. Um, in the past I know they've hired like an island on Loch Lomond to take the team to. This time we went to... Drumroll! Alton Towers! It was absolutely fantastic. We took the whole team down. We stayed the night in the Enchanted Village down there. They couldn't have made us feel more welcome and and after we'd arrived, had something to eat and a nice sleep, we were into the theme park the next day and pretty much went on all the rides. But did you actually go on the most, Stephen? I went on the really scary ones and to a point, I found one called Oblivion that I just walked away from and the whole rest of the team went on and happily laughed at me for the rest of the day for being a chicken. But no chance was I going on that one. To be honest, Stephen, I wouldn't have expected anything more from you because you're a big chicken. I am not a big chicken. <laughs> Uh, uh, right, okay, let's go on with this podcast today. Let's do it, let's do it. Who have we got on the podcast this week? Today our guest on the podcast is Janie from J Star Performance Arts. We went down to visit Janie, was it September, October last year? October time last year, myself, yourself and Chris went on the road to Manchester to visit Janie at her academy. We did. She's from Prestwick in Manchester, is that right? Yeah, correct. She has a fantastic academy down there which teaches both dance, performance arts and the whole place was kitted out absolutely amazingly. It's just a fantastic vibe when we went there. We got on with Janie really well when we were down there so we only thought it right to invite Janie back to Class for Kids headquarters for round two. So the next day Janie came into the office to record the podcast and also to do some videos with us and create some fun content for our social channels and for our customers. So let's get cracking and hear what Janie has to say. Here's Janie from J-Star Performance Arts Manchester. Enjoy. So we are here today with Janie from J-Star in Manchester. Hello Janie. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's great to have Janie uh, up visiting us in the office. We were down in Manchester in October. Here we were. Uh, so it's great to finally have you here with us, Janie. Oh, it's brilliant here. It's so good to be here. <laughs> so last time we seen you, it was in your studio um, and you were running various classes for your kids. Um, Janie's a performance arts academy, that's right, isn't it? It is, yes. Um, who did, when we were in that day, what classes did we have in? Because it was different age ranges and whatnot. We had stage school Contemporary dancing, um, we had the competition teams in. We had a lot of classes on that day, it was a busy day. Yeah, was that specifically for us, or was that is that just a normal day? Oh no, every day's a busy day. Really? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. good to hear, that's brilliant. At that point when we were visiting you, we were down um, sort of just to learn more about your business, what you were up to, that kind of thing, um, and at that point you had 300 roughly 300 students how is that changed have you grown since we last spoke to you like have you noticed a big difference coming out of the lockdowns definitely grown since lockdown um so over lockdown we grew online um it was amazing actually because we had children join us on zoom from across the world really and then when we got back to class we had like a live uh, video link so the children that didn't feel comfortable yet to come to class we still ran the classes in person but also we gave the option to join in via zoom as well so those children that were joining in online could still join in that's pretty i mean that's amazing that's a really quick way to pivot how, how quickly then 
did you start doing that? Um, we, we know Straight that- away. I remember the meeting. We were all dance te- teachers and actors and singers and we were just not familiar with technology whatsoever. And we all had a um, mock Zoom and we were all just like, what? Um, but the next day, literally the next day we were running Zooms and we did so We did so well. We retained, um, I would say 90% of our customers carried on playing their direct debits. Wow. wow. And, yeah. and were those same 90% of customers, were they participating? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they were, yeah, they were all part of, yeah. There were children that wouldn't do it, but we kind of private called them just to keep them, keep them in the loop and sent them, sent them work, et cetera, if they didn't feel comfortable. We wouldn't have been able to do it without Class for Kids and the direct debit system. There's no way, I can't even imagine how we would have done it because they were already within the system yeah so and paying did, direct debits yeah so i mean 90 percent yeah it. it was it was phenom- phenomenal because we know of other clubs around the well around the country around the world that were losing business but i think we were just so on it and so understanding of all the children literally like 90 percent. i'm not even exaggerating i mean it sounds Stayed like you super on it yeah. a lot of clubs done it mm-hmm. a lot of clubs took a long while to kind of get into it um and they had varying levels of success, but you mentioned We knew about... that there wasn't time. We knew that right. if we were going to do it, we had to do it. So literally the day after our mock Zoom. You mentioned people from around the world. Yeah, we had um, we had a family in Doha. Right. <laughs> we had some in London, and then we had the other side of Manchester too. So they've got a big commute to come to the classes so, now, though. Oh, no, they, they actually stopped. But she actually, they were, that family have actually moved to the UK, but nowhere near us. <laughs> That's amazing. How, how did but, that come about? They, Was that but, through just social media? And- um, they'd previously come to our club. Cool. So um, she was really, really sad about leaving us. And it was just the year before lockdown. So when we went into lockdown and they found out we were running Zoom classes, the little girl was so excited. And they said we literally got her through lockdown oh, wow. that's such an amazing story though isn't it like your customer is sad to leave you they move away and they've still got you at a special place in their memory kind of thing so they must remember how amazing the the classes felt and how how much it gave to the child and you were able to give that back and i guess now sort of we're i mean i don't know however many months were out of the pandemic how how are things in business now absolutely brilliant like really really booming um we've actually had to knock down half of our studio and grow and um, build another studio I think you you did see that when you came. We just built it, actually. Because right. it was um, it was quite, there was like... Yeah, like it used to be costume rooms and offices. But because I do most of my office work at home now, we got rid of the office, got rid of the costume room. Well, moved the costume into what was our office. So it, we've got bigger storage now. So now we have two, two studios because the growth was just... We couldn't fit any classes on our timetable, really. Um, I think because parents were seeing how supportive we were through the lockdown through the pandemics and we've just we really have just grown so i've got two kids and one of the unique things i think that we found about your studio was the waiting room area that you've got for the parents i mean this this seems so simple when you say it but i've not seen anybody else do it you film the rooms you've got a live camera in the rooms that the kids are in we have yeah so that they can sit and watch the classes so this was really really important from when i started jstar that's what i always wanted um and then through the pandemic, you make lists, don't you? I've got lists of everything. But on my list, this is definitely what I wanted when we returned because parents 
want to watch their children but also I find even me as a parent I know that when you go in your child isn't the same when you're watching them but I feel like as a parent it's important to watch your child and see how they're getting on so I understand from both our view and the parents view Uh, so yeah it's really really nice the parents absolutely love it especially now they can come in the studios because they were just dropping off throughout the pandemic but now that they can sit in and have that opportunity to watch the children in the class and not be at the gate and the children aren't being distracted. It's really, really nice. A very, really nice Very feature. clever. Like, I mean, I'd certainly be one of the parents sitting there watching because I'm one of these nervous parents that walks away going, I hope everything's going all right. Oh. And, like total control freak in my head. I would like to just sit and go, oh, yeah, that's all going good. Do you ever get parents coming in? Like if, if say, say a kid's maybe been naughty or something, right? And you're having to go, oh, come on. Do they ever come in and go, right? Not yet. <laughs> no, That would be me. <laughs> When we were down visiting you, I think we remember you saying that you were into performance arts from a very young age. So tell us a little bit about that. So I started drama when I was four and everyone asked me what drama was because it really wasn't a thing. I think when I was little, maybe there weren't many after school activities. Well, not half as much as there are now. And then my friends joined and then drama became popular. And then now there's absolutely tons of uh, drama clubs now um and I ended up doing media well I did performing arts at college and then media performance at uni and I had casting agencies did various uh, television and theatre work and then my passion was with the children really I just really really wanted to just inspire children and not just to work in performing arts industries, but I think what we do encourages children to have confidence in themselves for whatever career that they choose to go in. What, yeah, whatever. Like we've got children that want to go in performing arts and they'll do well because we've got professional staff that, that are in the, in the industry and they're the right people to train them to go into the performing arts industry. But then we've also got children that want to be scientists. And they'll be confident and they'll be, they'll be assured of what they want to do. We've got children who want to be journalists, but they'll be confident in what they do because we're teaching them self-confidence. So I think it's really, really important. Yeah, it's one of those invaluable life skills, isn't it? That I think sometimes maybe we overlook about the effect of these things that we've done as children and have that impact on us later in life. And for you to be able to instill that for a child and actually build things like communication, confidence, friendship, how you communicate with other people. Even like um, part of our syllabus is teamwork. We've got directing, so being able to lead a team, um, speaking up for yourself and... I just think it's so important as a life skill. And how do you communicate that to parents that actually, yes, we are having a good time and we're learning about drama, performance, arts, dance, whatever class a child's attending, but actually it's so much more than just the class that they're here. Like, how do you communicate that? We're always keeping in touch with parents. At the end of every term, we, and the beginning, actually, we tell them what what we're going to be doing that term. And then we send the results of the term as well. Uh, We also often send out feedback forms. And in that feedback form, we'll say what we're doing or what we'll ask parents what they would like out of their classes also we're we always make it clear to parents that they can come to us if their child's got any specific things that they would like to work on yeah. we can um do that in class because we we don't we don't max out our classes we specifically keep them most of them 15 max okay. 
and then we have an assistant as well just so that it's really important to me that we have the one-to-one feel because I was chatty at home but I was I feel like I was one of the quieter ones growing up in a big group and got pushed to the back a lot growing up so it's important that all children have a voice at JSTAR. When that was great information about all your background and performance arts when did you go I'm going to start my own performance academy? So I went through uni, did all my uni courses. I really don't remember much of uni, but I got through it, did really, really well. Um, and then I just went into a full-time job. I was a credit controller slash receptionist. What's a bit of a difference <laughs> and I was just now. Yeah, and I was sat on reception just thinking, this is not what I want to do. This is not what my dad would have wanted me. This is not what my mum and dad spent all their money, like sending me to drama school because I was passionate about it. I'm just sat here chasing people for money. Like it's not my money. (laughs) (laughs) So I sat, um, I set up a, just a Saturday morning class for, we had four children in it. And I was so excited about these four children. (laughs) I remember the first call coming in and I was like, we do singing, dancing, acting. (laughs) And, um, and then we ran a holiday club. I think I had about 12 children by the, that was January. And I had 12 children by July. And then I thought I'll run a holiday club. And then in the September, we had 60 children. And I remember it really, really clearly because the year after we had something like 150. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And now we see 300 a week. But plus we have parties and holiday clubs and school classes and sure start centres and it's I, I couldn't tell you how many we have how many actual children could because we the schools obviously um register se- the children separately but we see thousands of children now wow. when, when you done that yeah. first class of four kids presumably it wasn't in the studio you're in now it was in a hut in a park <laughs> yeah. oh, what was it <laughs> but i was paying that much in rent across all of manchester yeah that it just made sense to get our own studios. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that actually we found, I guess, maybe surprising because a lot of people don't know how to go about getting their own venue or the cost, like that type of thing. So I always find it really interesting when people have their own studio or their own space. So, I mean, when did you get that space, actually? That was that was October 2013. 2013, yeah. wow. And you've had to knock bits down to be able to expand your business. Yeah, we've had to expand. I mean, at times now we feel like, we could be even bigger, but it's such a perfect location. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, like, you have to compromise. The The location for us is absolutely perfect. We're in the heart of Presswich, which is a, a really popular place in Manchester, and tons of families. Yeah. And the, the families love the location too. And even though it is on the small side for us, we think compromise is worth it i mean i wouldn't say sort of we see several studios obviously on our travels and it's definitely not on the small side what i definitely think is it was so welcoming you've got all all lovely kind of um, motivational words on the walls yeah, it's and just really important really good for kids you kind Absolutely. of kids would just love walking into that mm-hmm. um and had really bright and you know, pinks everywhere definitely some of the feedback we get from parents before we had it all painted was that it's such a friendly atmosphere and that when you join a j-star class you immediately sense the the friendly atmosphere so i think we really wanted to show that with the painting and the quotes on the walls and so lastly on the kind of business side of it well on j-star side of it the name j-star yes 
explain. <laughs> um, originally, someone told me oh, to get to the. T- this is actually really funny because it sounds really dated now. <laughs> someone told me to get to the top of the yellow pages. It had to be an A. <laughs> <laughs> so someone, so someone suggested A star. <laughs> For our younger listeners, a yellow pages is the internet printer. What you stand on to kiss someone yeah. taller than you. <laughs> so it's from A to J. How? Yeah. So basically, yeah. So is it, is then it, I no, so name? then I thought yeah. So then I thought J for Janie, and I thought J star. They're all stars. I'm Janie, so they're J stars. Yeah. I love that though. That you know, change in time and how like digital landscapes taken over. Like once upon a time, it was we need to get to the top of the yellow pages. How do we do that? And now it's how do I get to the top of Google? How how do I get my Instagram channel to be noticed right at the top of the algorithm? Yeah. And it's just funny how you know, in a relatively short space of time, it's totally trans. You know, oh, changed absolutely. So like, much what would changed. you do now? Do you know, like, for example, what would you do now if you were trying to get new customers just starting out? It's an interesting point, really. Yeah, I mean, I never thought about the yellow pages like that either. No, suppose there must have been thousands of businesses like AAA Plumbing, <laughs> <laughs> Five Star. A. There must have been loads of A's. Yeah, I don't know if we ever made it to the top of the yellow pages. Do you know you're going to have to go go back and somehow go and find out if you ever made it to the top of that yellow pages, Jeannie? There'll be a library somewhere with an old dusty copy. Oh, we're here. We made it. Yeah, so I guess on that, actually, we're kind of talking about, you know, advertising and getting your name out there. What advice would you give to somebody who is just starting out? And, you know, regardless of whether they're running a performance arts, dance school, football academy, what would your top three pieces of advice say? I think definitely uh, reviews. We spent a lot of money on unnecessary marketing, unnecessary adverts in local, um, a lot of local papers that we didn't really, really need to do. And I think word of mouth for us is definitely um, more um, successful, what's the word? Yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> yeah. you know, word of mouth is one of your key sort of revenue yeah. drivers. Or yeah, absolutely, drivers. word of mouth, recommendations. We've had Facebook reviews, but I've heard that Google reviews are better. So I need to look into that. Um, But yeah, definitely take things day by day and have plans. I think everything is very, 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 very overwhelming. And one of my other things is don't spread. At the beginning, I opened in different areas of Manchester, in different church halls and community halls and I was spreading myself too thinly whereas now everyone because they knew that we were really really good at what we did we condensed all the classes into Presswich and people travel they travel from all over Manchester now because they love it wow so I really didn't need to do that and I think sometimes if you focus all your energy into one place rather than spreading yourself too thinly you can have a better product so on that then, do you think like franchising is something that you would hope to do in the future? Like, or would you hope to maybe open up in maybe, let's say, two other locations in Manchester? Like, what's the long-term goal, say, in 10 years' time, where do you want to be? I think I would, originally, yes, I would have thought about franchising. But at the moment, I think in 10 years' time, I would like to see more departments. Rather, So we would have a party department, a casting agency department, a holiday clubs department rather than franchising all over. I think I'd just like to build on yeah. each so again, just individual. Focusing on, yeah. For you, that's what it's about, focusing yeah. on the one main thing yeah. and expanding on that. It sounds like you've got kind of like a core, yeah. a core product. And I think maybe that's some of my advice. Um, 
that your plans might change and that's okay. You mentioned before, actually, let's, let's jump back a few questions. Oh, right. Okay, let's go. You've been in productions on television, film. Uh, only, only small roles. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of curry. <laughs> what? No, have you actually? No, that's that's not a little. Only thing, one liners. <laughs> I wouldn't call it. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. I've just got a, it's a small job. Actually, it was Coronation <laughs> Street. <laughs> okay, right. Who's your favourite Corey character then? You think this this podcast gone a bit off the rails? Yeah, yeah this is now a Coronation Street podcast. We're do a Coronation Street rewatch from the beginning so we can see Janie's episodes. <laughs> Janie, it's been really good to catch up with you again on our premises this time. Thanks so much for coming up. It's been so good. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming up to see us, Janie. It's been great catching up with you. Oh, thank you. Janie from JSTAR. It was fantastic being able to catch up with her again. We had such a good day when she was here. Yeah, I'm just fascinated by the fact that she was on Corey. I mean, that just blew my mind. Yeah, we heard that when you <laughs> screamed and nearly popped the microphone. I know. I mean, it was just how she was so casual about it. Like, I've not done anything, you know, really big other than an on-screen kiss and a line in Coronation Street, one of the nation's favourite soaps. I really liked the way she talked about how she came up with the name for J-Star as well, with the A-Star and the um, the yellow the yellow pages technique. Yeah, I mean, I think I remember my mum and dad having a yellow pages in their drawer when I was around about eight years old and I've probably not seen one since. It's kind of the type of thing that you would see in like an old holiday cottage now when you go into the door and you see, oh, there's a yellow pages, this place is very remote. You're so young, Rebecca, so young. I know, but then again, it is kind of, it makes you think about how much has changed in a relatively short space of time when it comes to advertising because there you had Janie saying, think about it from the perspective of how do I get to the top of the yellow pages to now, whereas how do, how do I get in front of somebody on their social media feed? That's it. It's like I said on it, the Yellow Pages was like the internet of the the 80s and 90s, uh, but printed. Yeah, so it makes you kind of wonder in the next 10 years, where would we, where could we be? It's going to be virtual reality. Yeah, probably. Definitely. We're probably just going to step into the classes. Yeah. Um, and flying cars, flying probably. Cars. Yeah, yeah, I'll go for them. Yeah, flying cars. Robot dogs. No, I want real dogs. But in all seriousness, it was really good to just sit down and hear more about Janie's story. I know that we sort of spoke to her last October, but actually hearing more about her story post-lockdown and I guess the passion behind why she started the business all those years ago. I think, you know, picking up on that point about stories, I think it's amazing to know that we're part of so many stories along with our clubs. So, you know, they have the, the history and the background and the passion for these classes and the kids that they're teaching. And, you know, you take something as simple as a booking and management software like Class for Kids, you integrate that into your business and then from that you're able to grow you're able to achieve more you're able to pivot you're able to have more income all those types of things and to know that we are part of that I think is something very special and the story is ongoing um, and all these stories are that's why it's so good to be able to catch up with as many of our customers as we can on this podcast and I think you know listening back to what Janie was talking about when we asked her you know what advice would you give to somebody maybe looking to start up a business or who's ready to grow how would you expand your business or actually is expansion the right thing for you depending on where you're at in business yeah very much she advised on the focus on one place because that's not how she started she started with a number of locations and now she just has the one academy that is a sole focus and she's absolutely thriving because of it and the school's going from strength to strength yeah, and I think, you know, that'll be right for some uh, clubs out there. Some football academies might be thinking I need to go expand into different locations across, you know, the city or wherever it is. You know, for dance schools, performing arts academies, actually having one sole location might be better. And I think it all comes down to, at the end of the day, where are you in your business and what are your goals? You know, would opening a second uh, academy or, you know, dance school, would that actually help you? Are you looking to expand out with the area that you're in at the moment? So, you know, if it's 10, 15 miles away from you, would it serve better to 
open up an academy there because actually it'll be easier for parents to travel to and I think that's why the waiting list feature at Class for Kids is so good because it means that you can test out demand in in the area by putting up a waiting list and setting the capacity at zero and then you go ahead and see if there's going to be interest with a waiting list and before you make that financial investment you know whether there's going to be demand for classes there. And there she goes again showing her knowledge of the product in a way I can't even grasp but yeah, everything you said there, Rebecca, I would just put a wee tick against. Thank you, Stephen. That was very kind of you. You are very welcome. Why are you speaking to me like a robot? We started as robots. Let us end like robots. Okay, I think it's time for the end of the Class for Kids podcast in the club. Three, two, one. Bye. The Class for Kids podcast is hosted by Stephen Young and Rebecca Forsyth. Produced by Stephen Young. To find us on Instagram, search Class for Kids UK.